The people of Pace University are doing amazing things, and I want more people to know all about them. I'm Marvin Krislov, the president of Pace, and this is the Pace Cast. Hi, I'm Christina Marchanti, and I'm a senior applied psychology major at Pace. To manage my mental health, I usually write down whatever I'm feeling into a journal. It helps me process what I'm feeling. How you doing? Uh, my name is Marquise Pickering. I'm a senior communications major. What I do to manage my stress is I, uh, I'm a photographer, so I like to go out some days and I like to listen to music and I like to take pictures because I like to capture every single moment because it's peaceful for me and uh, it brings me down from a really chaotic world. I'm Shannon Mueller and I'm a junior psychology major. To manage my mental health, I listen to music. It calms me down and puts me back into a good place. I'm Karina Gill. I'm a junior and I'm an education major. And to practice self-care, I do yoga. So I work out like four or five times a week. And afterwards, I like to come into my room and do yoga for about like 30 minutes. And it helps me relieve my mind of stress. You just heard students on our Pleasantville campus talking about how they practice self-care during stressful times. That sound was gathered by our digital journalism major, Christina Buba, who recently reported on student mental health for the Pace Chronicle, the student newspaper here. Today, we're going to talk about the mental and emotional well-being of our students. Nationwide, more than 80% of college students report feeling overwhelmed by all they have to do, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. About 10% report being diagnosed or treated for anxiety, and another 10% for depression. And we all know that students can't learn well and they can't succeed when they're distracted by stress and anxiety. At Pace University, we have programs that help students manage their stress and increase their well-being. Today, I'm joined by three people working hard on that front. Professor Kristen Cooper, who runs the nutrition program in our College of Health Professions, Professor Jane Collins, an English professor who leads the Body and Mind First Year Interest Group here, and by phone, Dr. Richard Shattuck, the director of our Counseling Center in New York City. Kristen, Jane, Richard, thanks for joining me. Great Happy to be to here. Be thanks. Thank you. Um, Kristen, let's start with you. You've been interested in nutrition, and you went back to school for a second career as a nutrition expert yourself. Then you came to PACE to launch our nutrition program. Given your research perspective, what role does nutrition play in students' well-being? Well, I think it has a very large role to play. In fact, I was just guest lecturing uh, Dr. Jane Bear Lehman's uh, students in health sciences, and I was talking about the, the research that really connects many facets of nutrition to many facets of health, especially in terms of having enough energy to study, to work, and to keep oneself afloat, uh, just day-to-day -day activities. And also, we know now that food has everything to do with mood. Um, we were talking about the connections between a, health, a healthy diet and depression, um, how to avoid stress by eating healthfully. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. What you put in is really what you'll get out of your body, and so it has a lot to do with it. So, Kristen, give me the short version. If I want to be happy, what should I be eating? And if I don't want to be unhappy, what should I avoid? I would say just 
in a global sense, you should be focusing on a plant-based diet, not to say you shouldn't ever eat meat, but you should be focusing on healthful plant foods, plenty of greens, plenty of fruits and vegetables in their whole form, um, and also uh, plenty of healthful fats, things like you would find in avocado, but mainly focusing on whole foods and not using supplements rather than uh, eating whole foods, which deliver more nutrition and a whole package of nutrition. So what's a bad thing that I should avoid? My pet peeve, I, and I think research is, is really showing this, is sugar-sweetened beverages. No one needs caramel color and bubbly water and sugar to survive. Um, there's plenty of evidence that these can lead to overweight, heart disease, and a ho whole host of problems, health problems. Um, and also just, I would say junk food, I would say fast food. Anything that's prepared from foods that are highly processed, you're really not getting a lot of nutrition. You're getting very energy dense, but not a nutrient dense meal. All right. Um, what do we do here on the Pleasantville campus to support the students' well-beings? Well, I really believe that we're doing a whole lot. And I think Jane does a lot of really great work with students in the dorms. And I know that I've gone into the residence halls myself to speak with the students in a very informal way about nutrition and some of the challenges they face. Now that we have our nutrition program and we're doing interprofessional work in the College of Health Professions, I think, you know, first of all, we're offering students uh, more coursework and more, uh, more opportunities to, uh, to study nutrition. But I also think that we do a fairly good job at making sure the students are um, educated about the choices that they can make in the dining hall, um, outside of uh, the college life, and so forth. Recently, we have a mobile food pantry that, uh, that Dean Lisa, the Dean of Students in Pleasantville, has worked on with Feeding Westchester. I, uh, you know, at the same time as I feel saddened by the fact that we have to bring a mobile food pantry to campus to feed students who don't have enough money, say, to eat on the, on the meal plan or get enough food, I do think that this is a great effort to bring our students the nutrition that they really need. And we've seen a really good response. Um, it's really surprising how people have really come together around the pantry. And, and, and I went to the pantry on the first day, and what I was impressed by is that there were so many people there, and there were people from the community. So as I recall, it, it's open to people on this campus, but also from this, the surrounding community. And so it's open to everybody. Yes, that's correct. And um, it seems to be really well well um, received. So Jane, let's bring in you because you're also on the well-being committee. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Can you tell us a little bit about what are the, some of the initiatives you're working on right now? So on um, the Pleasantville Wellness Committee, uh, we look across um, student, faculty, and staff lines to see what we can do to create a healthier campus. And last year we had a well-being day where there were multiple events. You could do Tai Chi, you could make a smoothie, you could pet the therapy dogs. Uh, all kinds of things are organized around health and stress relief. Um, but we we work to have ongoing programs. So the, um, the therapy dogs are a kind of stress relief event that I believe happens every other week in the student center and then other days in the library. Uh, also, as part of that committee, I created a biweekly wellness series that we ran in Alumni Hall because we're also 
looking for ways so we can bring those initiatives to the students where they live. So using the beautiful new residence halls that we have here at Pleasantville campus in the way that they're meant to be used, right? So using those special spaces that were part of the um, architecture of those new residence halls to bring students together in healthy ways. So um, Kristen came as part of that series and did an evening with the students on nutrition. So how to eat healthy on a meal plan. And so nutrition, I think, is a huge issue for freshmen because it's the first time for many of them, that they're not being cooked for by their parents. And so they're having to understand what nutrition is for, for really the first time on their own. Uh, and then they also have to manage the budgeting of a meal plan um, that doesn't, you know, often towards the end of the semester, they, they run out and they're not sure how to do those kinds of things. So just having somebody like Kristen come in and talk about healthy choices that you can make in the dining hall and you know how to how to make the most for your money and those kinds of purchases how to, how to do things well was really helpful and we also had um, a trainer came in from the health center and did an evening with the students on a workout they could do in 10 minutes without any equipment uh, Karen Martin came from uh, University Health Services and did a workshop on how to get enough sleep sleeping hacks, sleeping naked or something like that to get the, the students excited and into it. So a series like that, um, bringing wellness initiatives to students where they live is a big part of what the committee is looking to do. And, and what are you hearing from the students who've been involved in these programs? So uh, I'm also, the, as you mentioned, the faculty mentor for the Body and Mind Freshman Interest Group. And um, so that's a great population because it's it's students who have self-selected to be in a body and mind interest group who who want to maintain their health and see the the benefits but our programming is also available to all the students in alumni hall so we will announce those events and anybody who wants to come and do yoga or do a meditation workshop or we've done things like aromatherapy or making green smoothies or how to make a smoothie with stuff that you grabbed at the dining hall all those ways of um, giving students uh, a heads up on maintaining their own health so body and mind students self-select um, but that idea of the freshman interest groups itself, I think, is um, a great strategy from residence life for, for building health because the, the whole idea of community being part of a group that's interested in the same thing is, uh, is good for wellness. So it sounds like you're taking what we might think of as a, a more broad-based approach to well-being. And I'm wondering if you have any sort of lessons um, that we should be thinking about as we work with students to ensure their success, um, about how, how best do we serve them in, in this in time where, you know, a lot of students do feel stressed, whether it's because of financial stress or, or, or family stress or all the different sources of stress. Yeah, I think that students today are really under more stress. Uh, and I think the family stress and the financial stress is We've, we've all had that and gone through that, so that's not what's new to this generation. I think really it's the stress of, of media and really living in a world that's much more 24-7 than it was when I was growing up. Uh, so there's a constant pressure on students to succeed. Uh, there's a constant sense of... Um, presenting yourself to the world and, you know, images coming in of what your body should look like, of what your life should look like. And those students are managing that all the time. So we we have 
workshops just about turning off your social media, tuning into yourself instead of tuning into um, the outside culture that's telling you a lot of the time what you're not, and sort of really focusing on helping students find out who they are and what they are and being happy with that. Wow, that's really, that, that is terrific. And I think it's a good transition to Richard, um, Dr. Richard Shattuck, who is um, the head of the Counseling Center in New York City. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? And, and also, I'd be curious in, in your thoughts about how we can best serve students to ensure their success. The um, Counseling Center is seen as a place where students go for therapy, but we really try very hard to help them to think more broadly about how we can promote their wellness. So we um, see ourselves as, as educators, as um, staff that help prevent problems. And I often talk with students about how it's important to get some help early or an issue that comes up, just like you want to catch a cold with the first few symptoms before it turns into a pneumonia. So we go out into the community in lots of different ways um, and promote some of the same kinds of things you're hearing from the other panelists. Healthy eating, alternative ways of um, taking time off uh, besides uh, spending it on the cell phone and uh, looking at social media. Uh, we go into the residence halls. We talk with students and clubs and organizations. We're there at orientation, too, in all university 101 classes. Um, so we really try and get out there as broadly as possible and get students in early. Um, and when we do that, we find that uh, their uh, mental health challenges uh, are much more easily addressed than when they're feeling significantly depressed or anxious. And, and what are you seeing in, in the student population? I know you're you're based in New York, but I know you work collaboratively with the center in Pleasantville here. What 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 are you seeing uh, from this generation of students? You know, we see uh, trends on both campuses uh, indicating that students are more and more anxious, more and more depressed, uh, and they're also more likely to talk about thoughts of wanting to hurt or kill themselves. Uh, this is not just a pace phenomenon. This is a national phenomenon. We see. Um, in many colleges and most colleges and universities around the country. The good news is, although students are talking about feeling so stressed out they want to die, they're not acting on those feelings more. I think that has to do with the fact that it is much more acceptable these days for students to talk about um, being stressed and feeling like they're at their wit's end. I know that I taught a class uh, of first-year students last semester, and my sense is that things built up around uh, exam time in particular, but often there were sort of series of things, whether it was stress from exams to not getting enough sleep and, and, and so forth. What is the thing that you have found can be most helpful in stopping um, sort of a cascade of, of, of sort of anxiety? What, what are the techniques that, that you recommend to students? This is something that anyone can do. Uh, it is about exercise, I believe. And exercise doesn't mean going into the gym and running hard on a treadmill for 30 or 45 minutes, uh, lifting lots of weights. Exercise can be taking the stairs to and from class. We've seen research that shows little bits of exercise throughout the day have the same positive effect 
as um, a 30 to 45 minute workout. The reason why I point out exercise is because exercise is going to help sleep, and we know that sleep is absolutely crucial for students to be able to function at their best. Sleep helps with memory, with attention and concentration. Science is incontrovertible. Exercise also helps with appetite, too. So if you find that you are not interested in eating, you know, getting some exercise in increases the appetite and also improves the quality of the sleep. So that is the number one piece of advice I give students when they come to the counseling center and they're struggling with their stress. Start out by doing some exercise. Well, you know, I'm a big believer in that, so it's great to hear you um, say that. Um, Richard, what's the best way to be in touch with the counseling center? The best way is to just stop in. Uh, we have walking hours daily, Monday through Friday from 1 to 2.30, but if you can't make that time, that's okay. You can come in for a walk-in appointment, and we'll see you. And where are you located? We're at 156 William Street on the 8th floor, corner of Ann and William Street. And the Pleasantville campus, the counseling center, is an administration building. So thank you, Richard. Um, Kristen, we're going to go back to you. What is your one big idea for a listener um, who wants to improve their well-being? I would say to uh, focus on making small changes. I think people have a notion that, especially when they're talking to a registered dietitian, that they have to go home and throw out everything in their cupboard and replace it with, you know, quote-unquote health food. We see huge improvements in things like blood pressure, you know, well-being, and, uh, and half a dozen other health states or conditions. But just making small changes, such as swapping out, say, a bag of chips for an orange at lunch, or taking a walk after dinner rather than having dessert. There are a lot of small changes that people can make that add up to actually really big health impacts. And Jane? The one big idea I have for um, college students in this generation would be to to look for strategies to manage that anxiety. Since we know that there's this increase in anxiety for students in this generation, that there are techniques like mindfulness meditation, deep breathing, yoga, guided meditations, any kind of relaxation practice that students can learn, can, can really practice and master and, and use when they face situations that increase that anxiety. This is very helpful, and I thank you, Dr. Richard Shattuck, Professor Kristen Cooper, and Professor Jane Collins, and thank you for everything you do. It's so important, and we really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I am a big advocate for wellness, and I'm so glad to see that our PACE community is doing so much to look out for the well-being of our students, faculty, and staff. We've started a new committee as well to look at health and wellness, really focusing on faculty and staff. I encourage everyone listening to get involved, pay attention to your nutrition, go to yoga, work on being resilient. As Dr. Cooper said, make small changes in your life. I know I'm trying to do all of that. Thanks to the Department of Media, Communications, and Visual Arts on the Pleasantville campus, where professors Kate Fink, Paul Zeke, and Lou Guarneri make this podcast happen. And thanks to our guests for being here today and for all the ways you help our PACE community. We'll be back soon with a new PACE cast. Until then, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have any comments or ideas for the PACE cast, you can write them to me 
at president at pace.edu. I'm Marvin Krizov, and I'll look forward to talking with you on the next PACEcast.